Welcome to A Slob Comes Clean, the podcast. I'm Dana White. I blog daily, or pretty much daily, at aslobcomesclean.com. A Slob Comes Clean is the completely honest and never-ending story of my personal deslobification process. Um, as I find ways to keep my own home under control, I share the truth about cleaning and organizing methods and strategies that actually work in real life, my real life. Um, the truth is most organizing advice is written by organized people and that's great. And I can often learn a lot from them, but, um, their brains don't work the way that my brain works and that's okay. So a big part of my personal process has been accepting that if somebody else's method doesn't work for me, um, I just need to find my own method to keep my own house under control and that's okay. Um, okay. So I'm excited to be here at podcast number seven. Um, this week I am going to share with you the end of my slob story, which is really not the end of my slob story. It's just kind of the end of, um, the narrative that I've been sharing with you over the past six weeks. I've been sharing, um, just kind of how, you know, how I was a slob my whole entire life and just the frustrations that ultimately led me to starting the blog, a slob comes clean.com in a desperate attempt to get my own house under control. Um, but really there is no end to my slob story because as I shared last week and I think the week before, um, a big part of this process has been realizing and accepting that these struggles are part of who I am and it's always going to be a struggle for me. It's never going to be just completely natural to do everything that I need to do to keep my house perfect all the time. It's just, it's just not, it's, it's contrary to my personality. So, um, it is going to go on forever, but I'm going to kind of end with what I told you I would tell you last week. Um, but then each week I'll just be sharing what it is that I'm going through and other things that I've learned in this process. So, um, the other thing I will be sharing today is, um, a really big concept that I've been thinking about a lot this week and I'll tell you why, but, and that is containers and limits and how they will change your life. Once you actually understand what they are and what they're for. I was an English teacher and a theater teacher, but you know, I mean, I, I knew, or I thought I knew what the word container meant. And I thought I knew what the word limit meant, but I really didn't. Um, I had to grasp it as a concept and grasping that concept has been huge in this journey that I've been on to get my house under control. So I'm going to share with you a lot about that, but to begin, um, I promised the end of my slob story, which like I said, is not the end, but anyway, um, the end of my slob story, basically what I said I would tell you last week is, um, the reaction that people had to finding out that I was writing this blog called a slob comes clean. Um, my blog was a secret. I set it up under Noni short for anonymous, um, set up a new email address. I didn't ever want it traced back to me because I was just going to do it for a little while until I figured it all out, got my house under control. And then I was going to write about the things I was good at. Um, and in the beginning, I didn't even tell my husband. I mean, it was, I didn't tell my mother. I didn't tell my best friend. Um, the main reason I didn't tell my husband was just that I was scared of seeing that look in his eyes. I knew he would be excited for me. I mean, I knew he would you know, be happy. He wasn't going to say, Oh, whatever. He's not a jerk or anything like that. He's a really great guy. Um, but he's, he had been there through all of my other attempts to change my slobbish ways. And I didn't want to see that look in his eyes that I knew of him going, Oh, great. Yeah. 
ah, yeah, that's great. That's going to work. You know, well, I could see in his eyes that he really didn't believe it. And he was just waiting for me to fail again, just because that's what he had experienced so many times in the years that we'd been married. Well, um, so I didn't tell him and I, I really wanted him to notice that our house was getting better. And so it went on and I I tried to go back to my blog and find where it was that I actually told him about the blog because I'm pretty sure I wrote about that, but um, I couldn't find it. I finally gave up. Um, But it was probably five or six weeks would be my guess um, of me, you know, working on these daily habits. And as I've shared before, daily habits make a huge difference. If you don't know what to do, start with the daily habits. Um, That's what my ebook, 28 Days to Hope for Your Home is all about. Um, it's developing four basic habits that will make your house feel like it's under control if you can get those four habits down. So I was just starting with those. I mean, I was making it up as I went along. I had no idea what to do, but I was trying to be consistent because I'd never been consistent before. And that was my focus. Um, and so our home really was greatly improving. And, um, finally something came up and he said something about the house and I told him about my blog. He said, well, I knew something was going on, but I was afraid to say anything. Kind of like he was afraid to jinx it, you know, because of all the many times I'd failed before. Um, But I was worried. I thought, well, what is he going to think about me, you know, having a blog? I mean, I was taking pictures of our clutter and our mess and showing these pictures and then after pictures too. But, you know, I mean, I, I assumed that he would have the same fear of anyone ever finding my blog just the way I had that fear. But instead, his total focus was on the fact that I was blogging because he knew how much I had desperately wanted to blog for that year and a half before I'd started my blog. Um, and he was just excited. He said, you know, you're finally doing one of the many things that you've, you know, said was a great idea. I mean, I was the queen of ideas. I wanted a photography business. I wanted a, you know, all different kinds of things that I thought, oh, what if I could do this one day? Well, he was just excited that I was actually acting on one of those ideas. And he thought my blog was great. He started reading it. Um, and his main complaint was that he couldn't tell anyone about it. I told him, don't you dare tell anybody about this blog. And he would tell me, he's like, Oh, I wanted to tell so-and-so so badly. I just, Oh, I I just was dying to tell him. And, And it just, it flabbergasted me that he did not you know, feel the shame that I felt. I'm like, but I'm writing about being a slob. Your wife is writing about being a slob. And he was more proud of what I was doing, writing, than he was ashamed of me being a slob. And um, obviously that's my husband and he loves me. But ultimately that's the same type of reaction that I found when I've told loved ones about you know, my blog, when I tell people who genuinely love me, you know, they focus on the fact that I'm doing something that I've always dreamed of doing writing. They focus on that so much more than they focus on what the actual subject of the blog is my deep, dark secret. They really don't, they don't reject me for that deep, dark secret. Now, while I say that, I also don't recommend that you go out telling the world, guess what? I'm a slob. Um, because in general, people don't react well to that. Uh, but I do believe that when you're authentic about your struggles, because the truth is everyone has struggles. Everyone has something that they struggle with. 
And the thing I find is that people appreciate, even people who do not struggle in their homes to keep it under control, people generally appreciate honesty and authenticity. Now, honesty is not, hey, I'm a slob, deal with it. It's, you know what, I really struggle with this. That's being honest. You know, not trying to make excuses and all that, you know, oh, well, you know, just deal with how I am. But really being honest about this is something I struggle with, then then people do relate to that. Um, Even non-slobs. Well, you know, I finally told my mother, I was also, I was really waiting for people to notice. I was waiting for my mother to say something about my house. And she came once and I think she said, wow, your house looks great. And I was excited, but I didn't tell her yet. And then the next time she came, I said, okay, have you noticed that my house still looks great? Because I mean, that's the really big deal. My house could look fine, but it's the um, consistency. That was my issue. Um, And she said, yeah, I have. And so I told her about it. My mom was so excited for me. Again, I said, but your, you know, your daughter's writing about being a slob. Oh, you know, that just wasn't even an issue to her. She was so excited. This was about November, I think. And I'd started at the end of August. Um, She was so excited when I told her I had 35 people a day coming to my blog. She was, she just couldn't believe it. 35 people a day wanted to come and read what I was writing. I must just be like the best blogger in the entire world if I had 35 people coming a day. Um, so she was just thrilled and thought it was so wonderful. Again, her main complaint was that she couldn't tell anybody. And I can't tell you how many times I would talk to my mom and she would say, well, I have to tell you, I accidentally told so-and-so I couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. I was so, she's just so proud of me. And, um, it it just boggled my mind. It helped me start to kind of see and accept that people who love you, love you for who you are. Yes. Your messiness may drive them crazy. It doesn't mean that if somebody doesn't, you know, accept you for your messiness, that they don't love you. That's not what I'm saying. But it really is amazing to me when you're open and honest with people and say, hey, this is a real struggle for me. Most people who are kind and good hearted are are supportive of you. Um, And that's been my experience. Now, not everyone has been nice about it. Um, The friends who have over time um, found out about it, you know, generally if they were offended, usually they were offended that I didn't tell them I had a blog, um, that they felt like maybe I didn't think I could trust them. And I, I had to, I have to explain to people, that's not it. It's not that I don't trust you. I just needed this to be something very personal for me for a long time. So how is it that I've come kind of out of the blogging closet in the last four years? Well, um, basically it started, you know, when my daughter went to kindergarten, I started treating it like a business. At that point I'd been blogging for two years. Um, and I had accepted that this was my real blog. Um, but when she went to kindergarten, uh, you know, if you're home and people know that your kids are all in school, they're going to find a lot of stuff that you could volunteer to do. And, uh, so I had to be honest with people and say, mm, I work from home. And, um, I basically made them ask a lot of questions. They would say, Oh, what is it that you do? Oh, I write. Oh, what do you write? Oh, on the internet. Oh, okay. Well, what do you write on the internet? Oh, I have a blog and, you know, different freelance and things like that. Um, oh, what's your blog about? Housekeeping, (laughs) you know, so I would drag it out as long as I could. And those people who held in there and ask, okay, what is the name of your blog? Then I would tell them, okay, that was basically my solution. I wasn't going to go out and I still don't go out and say, hey, everybody, I have a blog called a slob comes clean. But I've decided that if someone asks me about the blog that I will 
be honest. Like if they specifically ask, what is the name of your blog? I have to tell them, but it's still hard because that is my deep, dark secret. And I don't love people knowing that about me. I love having a blog. I love telling people I have a blog, but I don't like them to actually know what it is. Um, but I will say that there are people who don't understand. And, um, one thing that's been amazing to me has been that I, I really don't get rude comments in general, but, um, that doesn't mean that rude things aren't going on out there in the, you know, blog land or the internet world. Um, but I rarely find out about it. Um, I did follow a link one time where, uh, I could see that I was getting some traffic from this one. It was a forum and I went over there and I was like, Oh, okay. I wonder what somebody said. Well, someone had said, if you want inspiration and they had just linked to my homepage, a slobcomesclean.com. Well, it just so happened that the day that they did that, my top post was clearing out my closet. It was not organizing my closet. It was just me being excited that I could actually walk into my walk-in closet, which at this very moment in time, I cannot do right now. But anyway, at the time, um, I had cleared the floor of my closet. So my closet still looked very disorganized when, you know, I took these pictures and you could see that the, the shelves and all that were still in total disarray. And it's not like the you know, clothes were color coordinated or anything. It was messy, but the floor was clear. And I was really proud of that. And, um, and I was just sharing that. Well, so I followed the link back to this forum and no, there were no rude comments on my post, but in the forum where I'm assuming they didn't realize I could go back and read what they were writing. People were saying horrible things. Like I can't, you call that organized. Oh my goodness. And they were just being really rude and saying all these things. And at first, of course it hurt my feelings, but, um, it actually had a, a different effect on me. Eventually it kind of, you know, I got over being hurt about it. And then I started thinking about that person who posted the link originally and I hated it for her or him, whoever it was, um, you know, that that just happened to be the first post that people saw and that that was the reaction that they had. Um, but when I started thinking about that person and, you know, for me personally, nobody was being you know, rude directly to me. They were just talking behind my back. Um, but they were being rude to the person who had posted that link because that person thought of my blog as inspiration and, um, you know, something that encouraged her. And here these people were saying horrible things, which were basically saying, if you think that's inspirational, you must be a horrendous slob. So people were saying awful things, not directly to her, but she had to feel horrible. And it ultimately gave me resolve to say, okay, I can be that person to put myself out there in a way that will help that person who doesn't have a safe place to put themselves out there. Okay. So even though people were rude and it was awful, you know, reading people saying horrible things about me, um, it, it just gave me that resolve to say, okay, I'm going to be that person who puts myself out there because it helps this person. She needs to know that she's not alone because there are obviously a lot of places in the world and especially on the internet where you can put honesty out there and people just bash you and hurt you. Well, somehow my blog has for the most part, you know, there are still comments that I have to delete and I just don't put up there if they're rude. But, um, for the most part, I just, you know, nice, kind, supportive people. Um, and that needs, there needs to be a safe place for others to know that they're not alone in their home organizing struggles. And so that kind of 
backfired for them, I guess, you know, they were saying awful things, but ultimately it helped me see that that is a big part of my purpose is not just me sharing my own struggles, but me sharing what turns out to be a lot of people's struggles so that other people can be encouraged and feel safe and feel like they're not alone. Does that make sense? Okay. So I think I've blathered on and on, but basically ultimately, um, me deciding to be honest, um, and you know, share with people about being a slob, you know, people finding out that I had a blog, um, for the most part has been a very positive experience. Um, I also view what I do as a ministry in a lot of ways. I mean, it is my business, you know, it's how I make money, but at the same time, um, I do, you know, have a heart for women who feel completely alone. Like I did, I get comments and validation that there are other people who struggle with this. Um, but, uh, you know, I want to, help those people who did feel like they were alone at one point. So, um, it becoming my ministry has made me, um, be authentic everywhere. Um, meaning, you know, I can't exactly have it just be a ministry if it's completely secret from my real life. I need to be the same person everywhere. And that's, you know, that's something that's difficult to do, but it's very rewarding once you can actually get to that point. Okay. So I feel like I'm rambling today, but that's how it is some days. Um, Okay. So containers, I'm really excited about this because basically the reason I started thinking about containers and, um, limits and how much they, you know, change your life is I spoke at a mom's group on Monday and somebody asked about, you know, kids, toys and clutter and all that. And, um, I said, well, you know, a lot of the same basic concepts for decluttering, you need to apply in the kids room, like limits, um, you know, the one in one out rule, you know, having a container and saying you can only have, you know, having a bookshelf and say you can keep as many books as will fit on this shelf. Anything that doesn't fit, we need to get rid of, you know, and I just kind of said it real nonchalantly. And then I started thinking about the first time I heard somebody talk about the one in one out rule and how I had absolutely no idea what they were talking about. And I was at a mom's group sitting there and a lady was speaking on organizing and she did a good job. I mean, she had some really good points, but, um, I remember her saying, well, and you know, obviously the one in one out really makes a difference in your home. And all these people went, Oh yes, yes. That's so true. And I nodded as well because you know, that's what you do. But I had no idea. I was completely clueless. It didn't make any sense to me. I mean, that it, it just did not compute in my head. Well, over time, probably about 10 months into this blog that I was writing and all my decluttering efforts, it finally hit me why that didn't make sense to me when I first heard it. Because the one in one out rule um, only makes sense if you've already decluttered down to what you need. Okay. Okay. So for example, before I always had way too many socks, like let's say you had 50 pairs of socks, seems ridiculous, but it wasn't ridiculous to me for some reason before. So let's say I had 50 pairs of socks and my sock drawer was always completely overflowing and always, you know, never could be completely closed. Well, if I get a new pair of socks, and, you know, I apply this one in one out rule. So I put in one new pair of socks and I take out one old pair of socks. What difference does it make? The drawer still won't shut. The drawer is completely overflowing and has way too much stuff in it. Still, you know, what's the difference between 20 too many and 21 too many? So I would just keep the one and never get rid of the other. It just didn't make any sense. But once you've actually 
let yourself have the limit of a drawer. Like, okay, I can have as many socks as will fit in this drawer. Then it makes sense to say, okay, I got a new pair. So I'm going to put it in and I'm going to take it out so that now I still only have what will fit in this drawer. Okay. So it's this concept of that. Along with that, um, a couple days after I wrote the post where I went, oh my goodness, I've never grasped this concept before. Um, it hit me what containers were. Okay. I love root words. Um, and the root of container is contain, like to actually keep something in. And I did not understand what containers were really for before that. And I know that sounds goofy, but it's true. I did not grasp the concept of what containers were. Um, in my mind, containers were pretty boxes that you put stuff in. And so I would think, well, I'm going to organize something. So I need to go buy a bunch of pretty boxes and I would get home and I would start just shoving stuff. I'm going to put markers in this box and I would put tons of markers in that box and I would still have a whole bunch left over. Well, in my mind, that meant I needed another container. And then I would put both of those containers onto the shelf where they didn't really fit. One would have fit, but two doesn't fit and three for sure doesn't fit, but I would shove them on there. And so everything is still a mess and it's still completely unorganized. Well, once I realized, okay, a container is a limit. All right. If I will put markers in the container, generally what I can fit in one container is actually all the markers that I need. I don't need 50 reds. Okay, I only need one red, maybe two reds at the most, but I don't need to keep every marker that comes through my door or that I happen to pick up at garage sales and just keep finding more and more containers. A container is a natural limit. Okay. Um, it keeps things from pouring out and becoming out of control. Like if you, you know, firemen say we're going to contain the fire. It means that they have, you know, set up boundaries and now the fire is within those boundaries And isn't going to get outside of those boundaries. Okay. It doesn't mean, oh, well, when the fire feels like getting outside the boundaries, then we're just going to make a bigger boundary around it. That's not what it means. It means we are focused on keeping all of this within this boundary. So once I grasped that a container was a natural limit, then that helped me. Um, Let's see. Cookbooks. That was one of the things that it helped me understand. I used to love cookbooks. I kind of am not into cookbooks that much anymore because the whole internet thing. But um, cookbooks are, you know, were just an addiction for me. I'd pick them up and, you know, you can never have too many cookbooks. Well, you can have too many cookbooks when you can't ever find one because they are always falling off the shelf. And, um, you know, you can't, don't even have enough room in your house for them. So um, I decided I was going to purge down to one shelf that I could afford to give one shelf in my pantry to cookbooks. And that's it because every other shelf had other stuff that needed to be there. This one shelf was basically my limit, um, was a container. Okay. So if I choose which cookbooks are going to go on the shelf, the best way for me to do that is to say, okay, I'm going to choose my very favorite ones and start putting them on this shelf. So that by the time the shelf is full, I've already put my favorite ones on there. I've already prioritized them and helped to, um, you know, decide. I've already decided which ones were my favorite ones. So the ones that don't fit on the shelf, they're not my favorites. Now, if I look through them and I see one that I missed, then I go, I love this one. Well, 
for it to fit on the shelf, I've got to choose another one that I don't love as much to take out. Get it? The one in, one out rule. Okay, you see how one in, one out and containers and limits, they're all related. And I did not grasp that before. It's that having a certain space does not mean I fill that space up and then I find another space to fill up more. It means this is what exists in my house. I only have so many shelves. I only have so many places to put a container. So I put that container there. I fill it up with my favorites. If something doesn't make the cut of being a favorite before, you know, the container is filled up, well, then it it goes away and I don't need it in my house. And just having that concept, um, finally understanding that concept has been huge for me, um, just in my whole decluttering escapades that I go through. Um, it has helped me to make really tough decluttering decisions. When I know that I can only have enough stuff to fit in a certain space, then, um, that space, that limit of space becomes my friend. Okay. Because if I don't give myself, myself limits, I will just keep on gathering, keep on gathering more cookbooks because you know, what's wrong with a cookbook? There's nothing wrong with a cookbook. Um, and if I don't have limits, then it just gets out of control. And so that has been a big, that was a big turning point for me as I started to grasp that concept. I feel like I'm rambling today and I'm sorry if I am, but, um, but anyway, basically I will link to, uh, from podcast number seven, um, I'm going to link to those posts that I'm talking about where I grasp these concepts. Um, a lot of this has to do with that clutter threshold as well. You know, I mean, I can only handle a certain amount of stuff and my house, no matter what size it is, can only handle a certain amount of stuff. Okay. Um, with the mentality that I had before, I could have kept getting a bigger and a bigger and a bigger house, which ultimately I kind of did. Um, not that my house is huge, but you know, I could have kept getting a bigger house and then I would fill that up because I would just bring more stuff in, not ever really grasping this concept of limits and containing. Um, But uh, that's a big part of that clutter threshold is realizing how much clutter can I handle in this house without it getting out of control. And those limits help you naturally do that. Um, So I will give links to those on podcast number seven. You can go to a slobcomesclean.com slash podcasts with an S and I'll have links there. Uh, If I don't get podcast number seven linked on there, there is a link just to podcasts in general and you'll be able to find it pretty quickly. Um, if I don't get that done right away, which sometimes I don't, uh, but you can also go to a slobcomesclean.com slash connect and you can find links to all of my, um, all of my social media channels. You can find me on Pinterest there. Um, Facebook. One of the things I love about Facebook is just the interactiveness. I mean, let's be honest. A lot of people are on Facebook a lot. And so it's a fun place to interact. Um, when I started the blog, I would do my daily checklist every single day as either its own post or part of another post. And, um, now I generally share on Facebook at night, usually around eight 30 or nine 30 my time. Um, where, uh, you know, I'll just share, this is what I did today. Okay. It was busy, but I did get the dishwasher cleaned. I did sweep the kitchen, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then you have the opportunity to share what you've done that day and what you've gotten accomplished. And it's fun to see what other people have done or other people's frustrations, um, or just, you know, I, I love it when people comment and say, well, I just got the dishes done, but it's amazing what a difference that made in my kitchen or whatever. So, um, Anyway, I would love to connect with you there, and that's facebook.com slash clean. but all those links are at com slash connect. So 
I hope you will join me next week um, when I'm not sure exactly where I'm going to go now that I have sort of kind of finished my slob story, but not really because it keeps going on forever. But thank you so much for joining me. And if you like the podcast, I would love it if you would go and leave a review on iTunes. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye.